You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Helen Farmer. Welcome to the Farmer's Kitchen podcast brought to you by Spinneys. It's your weekly dose of everything you need to know about food, glorious food. We were joined by food writer and voracious eater, Liam Collins, finding out why some gym goers are adding dog food to their diet. Was he brave enough to give it a try? With the founder of Turkish restaurant, Sirali, joining me live in the studio to get us very hungry about a very big breakfast. Can we be sustainable during Ramadan? Chef Candice was on hand to explain. And with an immersive dinner experience literally setting sail, what do we need to know? Dinner Time Story is launching at JA Resorts. We're finding all about goodbye nights with the two co-founders. Sounds like an absolutely brilliant one. And Spinneys are celebrating St. Patrick's Day with some great Irish recipes. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Liam Collins is in the studio, the man behind Eat Go See. He's a voracious reader, reader and a writer and eater, in fact. And I'm, well, we should start by saying happy birthday to Courtney Brunt. Yes, that's right. Our she beloved Courtney. celebrates our, our friend in the food industry. It's her birthday today on Patrick's Day. Um, we are going to be talking Patrick's Day in a little bit as well. Um, first, though, we're asking everyone to get in touch today, Liam, and let us know who their dream dinner party companion would be. So to mm. sit across the table from somebody. Uh, Joe saying Pink. I love her lyrics. I love Pink as well. She just did an amazing performance for BBC Two where she was singing Nothing Compares to You. Oh my goodness. Oh. Google it. It's amazing. Um, David would have dinner with his late father and a, la- and a good laugh too. Gary, Billy Connolly wouldn't get a word in but have a great giggle. Busher would have a meal with Sheikh Hamdan, get to know some of his vision and success. And Patrick would have dinner with me. Yes, flattery Ooh. will get you everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, it will. What about you, Liam? Who comes to mind? I think Lizzo. I think oh. I would have dinner with Lizzo because when I go out for dinner, I want to have a laugh. I want to have a good time. I want people to sort of let, let their belly out and everything. And I just think Lizzo would be a great laugh. I love that. Yeah. I'm torn between um, Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? And, um, <laughs> And uh, David Attenborough, I think that would be ah, great. Yes, just, like, true. Just, just the voice, just the voice. So let us know yours. This is for your chance to win 500 dirhams to spend in spinnies. A prize I frequently think about. I'm like, oh, that would be nice. That would be lovely. I can't win it, but you can. 4001. Um, you've got a packet of dog food in front of you, Liam. I do. This is because Jim Bros. Are you a Jim Bro? Uh, no. no. That's no. Very, very sweet of you to ask. No. <laughs> No gym bro. I'm not a gym girl. I go to the gym. Um, but it's it's not something that I would consider a defining factor mm. in my life. However, lots of people do. And yep. a lot of people are about the gains. I'm all about the, I don't know, whatever they're talking about. You know, your macros and stuff like that. Anyway, because of this, mm-hmm. it has caught the attention of some a certain demographic that dog food has a lot of protein in. Yep. And oh my goodness, could this be a good hack to get those gains? I mean, my immediate answer is no. This is an absolutely terrible idea. But when you think about the flavours they've got, <laughs> prime rib, chicken soup, yep. steak frites, filet mignon. Um, so you've got dogs. Have I been tempted to have a nibble of the kibble? So I, as, as a child, I have to say, I grew up with dogs uh, and yes, there was, you know, dry biscuits around and things like that. And I was tempted and I was, must have been like seven or eight or whatever it is. And I sort of chewed on it and it's quite 
grainy you know it gets in between your teeth all that sort of stuff a little bit fatty mm -hmm. i haven't haven't gone back to it until today <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> now being the average journalist that i am i've done some research into this apparently the um the benefits might not mm. outweigh the taste now a lot of foods do say they are human grade consumption which basically yes. means that a human could eat it but you're certainly not being encouraged to have a little whiff of that what what flavor have you got in front of you so today listeners <laughs> uh we have roasted bison and roasted venison so this oh, this is a meaty quite, a meaty delicious one. bit gouty how's it smell mm, it, it it's definitely got a, like a fatty malty sort of the whiff umami? off the top of it uh yeah umami yes that's true i would give it that a little <laughs> bit of that as well so there was a girl i went to middle school with called lara jewett who ate her dog food so isn't it funny you never forget these things the like like lara jewett ate the dog food <laughs> where <laughs> is she now my husband went to school with a boy that apparently um became aroused during the cough test and he was like you never forget his name if it wow. is these things that's that stay with you. So Lara Jewett, I'll find you on Facebook later. I trust she is alive. Can I tempt you to have a nibble? Yes. You're gonna do it? Yeah, why not? Oh, Let's try it, I'm all in, uh, all in, like, here we go. It is legit. Oh my God, you're insane. I mean, look, it's not delicious. It's, it's my dog's favorite. <laughs> He he really enjoys it. Um, I can see why. He often defends it against the three cats we have. Who Would also... you go back for more? Um, okay, why not? I mean, we're here, we're right, right here okay, now. Let's all right, okay. I mean, um, thank you for keeping it on that side of the desk because it's, it's not going anywhere near me. It needs something. Uh, gravy. I, <laughs> gravy. I mean, maybe make a great crust on a steak or like a lamb, you know, like a lamb uh, chop or something like that. But Do you want to really hear what, no. what the doctors are saying? Go on. Dogs You're telling me this now yeah, after I've had some. Go on. Do you think I'm stupid? Of course I'm telling you now. <laughs> Dogs' intestines are equipped to deal with some of the pathogens, bacteria, dirt, mm. etc. that the human gut is not accustomed to. We're not the same. We should not eat the same. So can you, can you stay with me till at least half past three, Liam? <laughs> yes, a bit late Would that ever. be okay? Sure. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Liam Collins. Have you got any Irish in you? Uh, I do, actually. So Liam, Liam Collins is a fairly Irish name. My, um, my dad's side of the family were from County Cork. Uh, oh. And then they moved out to the Caribbean because that's where the work was at the time. And that's how I ended up there. There you go. I'm half Irish. Yay! Northern Irish. Um, so my mum, depending on how the rugby's doing, can be increasingly okay. Got Irish. It. Um, so I grew up with quite a lot of Irish food. Okay. Uh, shout out to the Tato's. Um, yeah. um, best crisps ever, yeah. fact. And food that I assume that lots of other people ate like Colcannon. Yeah. I had a lot of Colcannon. Um, so I wondered if we could perhaps do a little roundup of Irish mm. food and indeed where to find it. Yes. What's on your list? So I think a bit like you, there's a couple of places where they stand out and call themselves, let's say, Irish pubs or Irish restaurants, things like that. There's a couple of places in Dubai that quietly also just procure Irish ingredients. And so I wanted to kind of bring that mix to the table. So if you're into potatoes, uh, yes. and, and who isn't, right? Let's let's be honest. In, in all uh, their forms. So Colcannon and Champ, uh, if, for those who don't know, essentially it's mashed potato and it's folded in with spring onions and that's your Champ. If you add cabbage to it, then it becomes Colcannon. Lots of, uh, lots of, you know, Irish butter and things like that added to it too. Absolutely delicious. I like it with a with a poached egg on top. Uh, really, really, really delicious. You could go out for that, to be honest with you. I would just make it at home and you can do it really simply. Proper comfort food. Yeah, it? exactly. Just go go to Spinney's, pick up the ready-made mashed potato if you can't be bothered to make it and uh, just heat it up at home. That's what I would do on a Friday night. What's boxed 
box tea. So box tea is, um, if you know what latkes are, it's sort of grated potato uh, and you fold it in again with spring onions. You fry it into sort of a cake. Uh, it would look a little bit like a bubble and squeak from a distance mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. And then you add sour cream on top. And that would be quite a popular sort of breakfast dish that people would have. Potato cake, potato cakes, yes. potato cakes. Yes. Um, now, stew was always a big thing for us. Yes. My mum makes a very good Irish stew. She also makes a very good soda bread. Yep. But you can't beat an Irish fry. Good Irish breakfast. Yes. Where can we find them? So my, my suggestion for an Irish breakfast uh, is to head down to Fibber's uh, in the in the oh, trade centre. Yes. So Fibber McGee's. Um, Fibber McGee's is one of my favourite places to go to when Liverpool are playing. Uh, <laughs> and so they have, they have a nice big screen up. But if you are like me and you like visiting the scene of the crime the next day, uh, then I would head down to Fibber McGee's. They've got an Irish breakfast for about, about 69 dirhams, if I remember correctly. And then they do an Irish breakfast platter. Uh, which is gargantuan at about 159 and, and easily shared. I've heard they deliver. This might, really? this might be a Dubai urban myth. And wow. I've been meaning to Breaking Google news. it for quite some time, but okay. what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I love that. What about some, now I'm not saying that an Irish fry is not high end, mm -hmm. but what about some of those kind of more exclusive ingredients that you alluded to? Some oysters maybe? Oh, so, so for Ireland is also very well known for its fish and shellfish and I think it's something that you know when people think about Irish food they probably think about the things we were just talking about mm -hmm. um, but they're very well known for its shellfish in particular so if you go to the main uh, and the main is sort of all over Dubai the one that I tend to go to and I recommend in particular is the one at Business Bay me too it's just a beautiful building high ceilings it's Fit gorgeous out, chandeliers yeah. all that sort of stuff it's, it's really really lovely um, you can get some uh, Kelly Galway oysters uh, down at the main and they start you can get a half dozen for about Two ninety-five dirhams, and it goes up from there. But they are delicious. Right, like where are we going this weekend, Liam? We, we've got time for I think a high-end and a budget-friendly. So we talked last time about atmospheres, well, a bit of kind of nostalgia. Atmospheres reopened. Yes. Um, but I haven't been yet to Atlantis the Royal, and I know you have. So yes. I wondered what your pick of the of the places there is. So I've been to I've been to two places. One just a, a sort of a preview to enjoy the the sunset, and that was Lingling. Ling. Uh, you know, very very nice. I would recommend going there if it's that you have people out of town and you want to get this absolutely panoramic sort of one eighty view looking across the palm and looking back onto Dubai, stunning, particularly at sunset. I went to the Greek restaurant, however, for dinner, uh, which is es Estatario Milos. Um, it's a, it's a bit of a chain. Uh, there are a few of them in the world. Uh, started in Montreal, there's New York, there's London, a couple of other places. Um, again, high-end Greek. Uh, you can expect grilled fish, uh, particularly that I had the salt-baked sea bass, uh, which was very nice. Uh, they also do a couple of other dishes there as well, uh, selling lamb chops by the kilo. Um, it's the sort of place I would go to if you're looking to impress people. So huge vaulted ceilings, massive views looking back onto Atlantis, the royal lit up at night, fountains, etc. It's it's a, a place that you go to impress people and maybe spend someone else's money. <laughs> Anyone out there? Want to take me? <laughs> Sounds amazing. What about for the more budget conscious who we might be spending our own money? Liam? Yes. So uh, this is a very good question. So I I keep a, so I go to new places and I go to new openings and and I very much enjoy that. But I often find in Dubai that people tend to overlook places that have been open for a little while. Well, right? that's true. We're like we just like looking for the new shiny exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I had one place on my list for a little while called uh, Kuya Filipino, uh, which is in Dubai Marina. So I have. Um, Two or three people in my team uh, who are Filipino, and I was like, "Take me and teach me, what right?" Are we so, that I, 
So, you know, what, what's worth having? So it's been opened up by Chef JP Angelo. Um, it's, a, it's a cute little restaurant in the middle of Dubai Marina, kind of like a tiki lounge sort of vibe, um, very communal. Uh, and the, what I would recommend, so the, there was, the table was split. So if you want to have something which is, I would say, a, a very, very Filipino dish, um, there's something called kare kare, uh, which is sort of a mix of different offcuts, et cetera, inside of a peanut sauce. That was really delicious. I would recommend, however, going for the chicken wings, that they are just incredible. They're sort of sticky and, and lacquered with tamarind and, and what have you and have that with the garlic rice oh, that sounds and a tamarind iced tea. Super cheap. F- I think six of us went for dinner. It was 500 dirhams. So this is kuya, which means, what's a mark of respect? It's like elder brother, mm-hmm. I believe, um, in Dubai Marina. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, this weekend, you've got something in the diary for us. There's a bit of collaboration happening on Sunday, I believe. That's correct. So Time Out Market, as we know, is in Dubai. There are a couple of them peppered across the world. And what Time Out Market is starting to do is a bit of a collaboration between different chefs across the different locations. And so the UAE's very own Reef Othman, well known from Reef Kushiaki and, and other openings, um, is going to do a collaboration with Stephen Gillanders, uh, who is a chef in Chicago. Um, he has the only dedicated restaurant to any timeout uh, market in the world. As we know, a lot of the, all the rest of the timeout market stalls have restaurants somewhere else in their country, but mm-hmm. he's got one fine dining restaurant just in the Chicago timeout market. Um, and they are going to be doing a, a, a collaboration dinner together. Um, you can make reservations through the normal timeout website, reservationsdxb at timeout.com. Um, and it is about 650 dirhams ahead. Have you been to any of the timeout markets around the world or not had the chance? So Lisbon was the first one Me I went too. to. It was beautiful. Hectic. Yes. Re- like I was properly sharpening the elbows to get somewhere to sit down. But my goodness, the food was phenomenal. Agree. And we- there's still a market there as well too, which is what I yeah, really appreciate. Right next door. Yeah, that's right. Do you know what? I've been thinking a lot about the kind of the year ahead and like many chefs and many mm-hmm. foodies such as yourself we have in the studio. I've been thinking about you know, planning your holidays around food. And yep. I just keep on having these daydreams about the food I was eating in Portugal. And yes. We had like the most amazing charcuterie there at, uh, at in the Lisbon Time Out Market and you know, pasta with clams. And uh, it was just amazing. Have you got any travels planned, booked? What's what's on the agenda for 2023, Lim? So I'll be I'll be heading back to Piemonte in Italy uh, at, at some point, uh, just sort of working on some personal projects there. There's a couple of restaurants that I have my eye on that I would like to go back to uh, and possibly, I believe, a press trip to the Maldives oh, coming up in June. Get out of the <laughs> studio. That sounds amazing. It should be fun. I'm off to Zanzibar next week. Ooh. I haven't been before. Okay. So if anyone's got any foodie recommendations in Zanzibar, I had a great chat with Tiffany from Spinney's a few weeks ago about yep. spices Yes. Um, and what to buy and what to maybe bring back. But if you've got any shout outs for that, let me know. And of course, uh, they've got the summer to plan. I'm gonna, we're going to do Slovenia. Oh, nice. I don't know. Is it? I've it booked is. it. <laughs> I, it is. It is very nice. I went, um, so we were in Friuli, which is in the northeastern part of Italy. And you can just drive in Slovenia very, very quickly. There's a lovely uh, restaurant there, a Hisha Franco, very famous sort of world top 50 restaurant. Well worth going to. It is blindingly beautiful country. Blindingly beautiful This country. is what, this, this, is, this was my criteria. I want to be active. I want it to be green. I looked at Austria. It was very expensive. Yes. Now we're going to Slovenia. Yep. Um, and it looks absolutely brilliant. Lots of glamping. We've booked mm-hmm. some tree houses. We've booked... Um, I didn't know there was a Slovenian Riviera. We're going there. Um, and the food looks, I have to say, yes. really, really good. Yep. So if anyone's got any shout-outs on the food front... Let me know. Run out of time. So where is this weekend? Any any hot dates? Any hot plans? So I'm going to check out Reef uh, again at, at Time Out Market. But I am just 
moving house, so I will probably be unboxing for the rest of the weekend. That sounds like a pitfire pizza weekend to me. <laughs> that, that has already happened, yes. <laughs> it's all about the takeout. Liam, thank you so much. For anyone thank that wants to check out all of your adventures and foodie recommendations, what's the best way of finding you online? So you can find me on pretty much all social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter and everywhere else at, at It's Liam Collins. Uh, you can also read my blog, eatgosee.com and my column in Fact Magazine. Star. Thank you so, so much. And um, you're an absolute trooper for eating dog food live on the radio. It's, it's got a lingering aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have a glass of water, Liam Collins. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I actually do know what's going on. I was at the dentist this morning and I had a very numb mouth up until about 15 minutes ago. So I could be trying particularly hard to pronounce things today. So apologies in advance. Hopefully our next guest can talk for two, and I think he can. Fadi Abla's with us today, the managing partner at WWI Management and the man behind Sorelli. This is a Turkish restaurant that is taking Dubai by storm. They've won a Time Out award. I've had my foodie friends, Fadi, sending me photos going, this is the best food full stop, not just Turkish food. And these are people <laughs> whose opinions I really, really trust and admire, including our friend Tiffany from Spinney's. So welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, nice to meet you. And you, I know. <laughs> and I'm so grateful you can make the time for us, especially on a Friday. I know yeah. things are busy in the world of F&B, especially you know, when, you're, when you're running a restaurant. So I really do value you coming in and explaining a little bit about Turkish food and of course making us hungry about what's on Oof. the menu. Now you're from Lebanon, but you have fallen in love with Turkish food. Correct. Now, uh, Thrali Kebab in Turkey is a phenomenon and I don't say that lightly it's like a million followers and crazy engagement tell us a little bit about about the the brand and the history right first of all thank you Helen it's a pleasure to be here and talk about Serali Serali it's it's a it's a family grown business it started uh, sometimes 10 years ago it's a started in Antalya in in uh, Turkey as a family business and it grew up to become now international. The second branch was in Ankara, where they went up a little bit on the brand. And as you know, Ankara, it's a diplomatic like DC. It's more political, mm-hmm. diplomatic, and it, 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 it played well. Then after that, we decided to bring it to Dubai. And we're the, always hungry here. And yeah, we love going out. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the third branch of uh, or international branch of uh, Serali experience was in Dubai, and you know Dubai how how difficult in F&B and the requirement and and to prepare a fine dining Turkish restaurant, which was missed in UAE. Mm-hmm. So we insisted to have a Turkish, uh, authentic with modern touches in, in, in Dubai. And that's why we, we put our eyes on Serali and we brought it over here. Tell us a little bit about Turkish food, some of the flavor profiles, the ingredients that you're working with. Yeah. Uh, in Serali, as I mentioned, we usually, or, or of course, we work only with the authentic Turkish product. We have, like I can say, most of our product, 80% comes from Turkey. We ship wow. it by air freight or by sea freight, depends on, on what we require. Especially uh, the chefs, when they came before the opening, they spent three months in Dubai market trying to find the right product, which I suffered a lot as a businessman to, to, mm-hmm. to make the shop open. But uh, they insisted that the material, to have the special taste, and the perfect taste, same like Turkey, they insisted to bring the ingredients from Turkey. Wow, like what? So what are you bringing Spices, in? even yogurt, 
even potato. Imagine the potato we bring it. We have like special ingredient, the special, mainly the lamb meat. Mm-hmm. The lamb meat, we couldn't accept the, you know, what we have here. So they insisted that the lamb meat has to come from Turkey. Now, I have eaten Turkish food in Dubai. I've eaten it in Turkey. But I still think there's a few misconceptions around it, which is it's just kebab. Tell us about that kind of myth, because it's so much more than that, Fadi. Yeah, correct. As, as, as you know, Turkish cuisine, it's, it's one of the oldest cuisine. It's, it's like 500 years. We have some dishes, we serve it like mud of heaven. It's a 500 years recipe. And, uh, and Turkish, you know, that's why we don't call it Serali Kebab. We call it Serali here in the area to avoid this misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's full of, of course, it's an authentic meat uh, restaurant, you know, but of course we have lots of salads, lots of uh, vegetable, lots of you know the veggie or the they they love the Turkish because we have a huge, and we have lots of kebab, sure, uh, from meat, beef, lamb, chicken, and uh, most of as as I said, especially we have some authentic or 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 something special for Serali, which we cannot find it somewhere else. And this is where we insisted in Serali, Dubai, that we want to bring the experience from Turkey to Dubai to make it different. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're taking a trip to Turkey. Not quite, actually. We're enjoying Turkish food right here in Dubai with the award-winning Serali. And joining us is the managing partner, Fadi Abalet. Now, we've had questions for you, sir. Uh, one which sounds quite urgent, saying, do they have manaman? Of course, we have Manama. Tell us a little bit of about course, this. Of course, Manama, Manama, it's a traditional, like here in, in this region, they call it chachuta. Manama, it's for the breakfast. It's the eggs and with the tomato and the green pepper and, the, you know, you have to try the breakfast so you can know. And yes. some, you get some bread for scooping. Of course. We have our we have a big basket of bread, Turkish bread, uh, uh, Helen. We have the... Uh, I cannot tell you. There's many. I know. Of, uh, <laughs> well, I tell you what, because Tiffany from Spinney sent me a photo, and she yeah. she clearly had to stand on a chair to get the scale of the table into Correct. this photo. It was covered in, as you're saying, bread, different egg dishes. I think there's some sausage in there. Yeah. We have our special sausage, by the way. It's called uh, uh, the sausage. We bring it from Turkey straight, only for Serali. It's stuffed with the. It's called sujuk. You know the Turkish sujuk. It's stuffed with pistachio and halloumi cheese. This is only specially for, for Serali. Oh, that sounds delicious. And for the breakfast, we only serve it twice a week on the weekend. We That's don't it. do it daily because it's something, it's a, a, a feast, I can say. Okay, so wear your stretchiest trousers. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us then a little bit about evening time because the, the atmosphere changes. You have a bit of a different crowd. What are some of the dishes that people are absolutely loving from the menu oh, to be honest with you we have some famous you know at night as you said it's a different crowd and especially we are a licensed uh, place so the, the people uh, are on a different crowd so we have the main courses we have our specialties like the manti what's that manti it's like a dough a with the stuff with meat with our special it's done freshly in front of you with the kitchen they put it in this in the oven and they serve it with yogurt, tomato paste. Oh. And I cannot, you, you, you have to taste it. And <laughs> we have our own shashlik. It's the Turkish shashlik, but Serali shashlik. It's a, a tenderloin 
marinated for 72 hours. What? Yes, 72 hours and grilled with onion and this and it will melt in oh. the mouth. We have we have a big menu. That's the I can say that's the the good or bad in Turkish cuisine. The menu is big. This means and, you need to go back. Yeah. Easy. Um, Lisa's saying, is there anything you'd add to the menu down the line? Another message asking about iftar. Can you help our listeners out who are clearly sure, hungry? Sure. Now, for for the new dishes, always we're having new dishes. Always there is a menu engineering happening. You know, always we add new dishes. Like two months or three months back, we added three more plates from the main course and the salad starter. You know, we do a menu engineering and we try to do our best to satisfy everyone. Mm-hmm. Iftar and Ramadan, it's a special holy month for everyone and we're making special, as because it's, to be honest with you, this is where we open. It's almost a year. 24th of March is is the oh, where birthday. we open the door. Happy birthday for Sir Ali Dubai. So that, yeah. so that will be... Exactly during the holy month of Ramadan. Yeah. So are you doing um, iftar, sahur? Is it going? What's, the, what's the offering? So every day we're having iftar from you know from iftar time. We have a special menu, a very rich menu uh, to break you know to break your fasting. With any, but you have to see the decoration of Sirali. Sirali, it's a, it's a, an experience. It's not only the food. From the day you step, from the minute you step your feet inside, you will see. We have the decorative plate, hand-painted plate, hand-painted artwork on the wall. She has to show you about the plate on the table that we serve with it, which are related, all or all are hand-painted with Ottoman art. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. And I just want to say, because we're running out of time, just a massive congratulations to be open for less than a year and win that Time Out Award for Best Turkish. What did it mean to you and the team? Oh, it means a lot. The team, they did their best. You know, it's a teamwork from 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 the one who, who the small to the big one. It's also a challenge for us to improve and keep improving and keep pushing to get more award and keep get satisfying the year. people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And last question, Fadi, if we're going to come to Sarale this weekend, whether it's for breakfast, lunch, dinner, what's your number one pick of dish? Oh, I know. Oh, that's no, that's that's difficult no, question. I, yeah, you know, you have to answer. I'll, for the breakfast, you know, the breakfast we have a set menu. Everything is, you know, it's yummy. Dinner, as I said, I prefer, you know, uh, the manti. And there's another dish which people love it. It's the hot jet kebab. This is, you know. Sold. Hungry. Booking in. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Huge, huge appreciation for you coming in today. Massive congrats on that award. And as I said, when my foodie friends are telling me to go somewhere, we need to get them in the studio. So, Fadi, really do appreciate your time. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Talking food and asking, is it possible for restaurants, hotels to be sustainable and avoid waste over Ramadan? Joined now by Aussie-born exec chef Candice of the Doubletree Hilton JBR to explain some of the challenges and, and what's happening over there. Chef, great to have you with us. How are you? Hi, how are you going? Yeah, very well, thanks. I find, I find that this is such an interesting time to talk about sustainability when Ramadan is such a time, you know, in the evenings of abundance. And I know you're quite new to the UAE, but, you know, we have book buffets of, you know, miles long, it seems. But I'm curious to get your take on how attitudes have perhaps changed, especially post-pandemic, when, you know, buffets have fallen a little bit out of out of style. But I'd love to start with, if it's okay with you, Chef, about sustainability in general in the F&B industry. And I wondered how you feel conversations have changed around it over the last few years. I think, uh, especially since Corona, it's uh, definitely changed and everybody is more into sustainability. 
uh, especially with us at Double Tree, uh, Jamira Beach. Like we're very committed to reducing waste, driving towards like a circular economy, and the waste prevention that we do. Uh, food upcycling, uh, creating a greener kind of hospitality in the industry. And that's like across all Hiltons that we're kind of pledged to join a movement towards zero waste and currently tirelessly working on reducing waste by 50%. Whoa. uh, Wow. I mean, presumably knowing, you know, having it, you you can't improve what you don't know in in terms of having that data and that information. So how are you gathering that information, Chef, to, to know what your starting point is? So we're kind of ensuring that food is properly managed and stored within all of our kitchens across Hilton's, not only our property. Uh, we do trainings and best practices with waste management. Um, there's a whole kind of background kind of information of how we kind of get this sustainability going throughout through all of our Hilton's. Mm-hmm. And what, what then, you mentioned food upcycling before what does that mean can you give us some examples so say for instance in say a ramadan buffet um we're kind of reducing the amount by knowing how many guests we have per day uh we're not kind of over ordering Mm -hmm. or we're not overfilling the buffet we're doing it accordingly to the guests that we would have for the day Mm mm-hmm but, and this this comes back to an interesting point we've seen more in the UK than the UAE, which is about people booking tables for dinner and then not showing up, which is just bad manners. Yeah. But it has put a number of a number of restaurants in the UK completely out of business because you do need to be planning to that extent if you if you want to obviously look at your margins in that bottom line, but also be looking at not wasting food. So I guess that this is just a plea. If you are you make a reservation, great, be organised. But if you're not going to turn up, let the restaurant no um so let's talk ramadan chef candace a little bit about how you prepare for this time um can you tell us about what happens behind the scenes and how far in advance you start prepping ordering menu planning as well so we've already started uh literally four three months ago uh planning all of our menus uh we even have like proper prep lists in the kitchen quantities how much we need to be making every day wow. uh we already have plans in place for the kitchen we already have our deliveries coming in for ramadan um because it is just the middle of next week it's coming so we already have this plan set in place uh with the kitchen and even the F&B we need to be ready for everybody enjoying the ramadan buffet and presumably there's demand for certain ingredients during this time as well. What are you focusing on in terms of those those hero dishes and ingredients? So we kind of focus on locally grown, seasonal, wherever possible. Uh, we're in collaboration with like uh, companies called Fresh on Table um, and a lot of the suppliers as well around the UAE. They're also ready months in advance um, for these types of events or special times of the year, especially mm-hmm. for Ramadan. They pre-prepare uh, for these events coming up a long time before we're even ordering from them. Can I ask then what we as diners can do to help when it comes to sustainability from, you know, ordering? Obviously, we mentioned they're not standing anybody up, but I guess about responsible restaurant going with, with the planet in mind, Chef. Does anything anything come to mind? I think if guests um, 
are mindful about how much food they are consuming, um, what waste they have on their plates is a big part of the big waste, um, especially in a buffet. Mm-hmm. Um, so just picking and choosing what they really like from the buffet, what really invites them to eat, um, and trying to reduce the waste, kind of like back in the day when your parents say, uh, finish your plate kind of thing, really reduces the weight. Also, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think safety-wise, obviously, some parameters around this, but I love a doggy bag, and the dogs don't get a sniff of it. I'm always there with my leftovers for lunch the next day and, you know, putting it in the fridge and things. So I think, I think there's a certain amount of snobbery around that in some countries, but I hear I'm like, Mm-mm, take it, take it home. As long as you're following the, the food hygiene guidelines around heating and reheating and proper refrigeration, better to be taking, put it in your fridge and having it, you know, later on than, you know, than it, than it going in the bin. Um, Chef Candice, what's your own philosophy around food? What, what's, uh, what got you into food in the first place and what makes you so passionate about this industry? Uh, I started very young, maybe when I was 14 years old. Wow. I was obsessed with watching uh, cooking shows on TV, like MasterChef or any cooking show on TV. So I was obsessed with what they were doing. And then I kind of taught myself by cooking for my family and then getting jobs after school. So I really just, I fell in love with the job and what you can do. It's a never-ending possibility in the culinary and hospitality world. Mm-hmm. It never stops changing and there's never not a new thing that is out there so it's an ever-changing job it never stays the same and tell us about who inspires you are there any any chefs or any restaurants you'd love to collaborate with i mean there's always the top chefs uh like keston and uh, you know gordon ramsay the jamie oliver which i inspired from when i was younger um, any chance I got to be with any of them would be a great opportunity. But there's so many talented chefs these days all around the world that are doing amazing things. And what about advice for anyone who wants to get into the industry, uh, whether they are, you know, 14 or 40? What do you look for when assembling your team there at Doubletree? Because I'm sure lots of resumes pass your desk. And who ultimately makes it into the kitchen? I think when I'm interviewing a chef, I look for drive and energy uh, because we do hire interns that um, maybe they have less skills than other chefs, but Mm. um, it's all about the drive and the energy that they have and they'll always grow and learn from all of the chefs, including uh, me as well. Well, thank you. And just lastly, highlights um, for Ramadan, any dish that you're particularly excited to be serving up? Our most popular dish is our lamb uzi, for sure. Has to be. It has to be. That's what I have to say. I'm really looking. I don't always do many, many iftars, but but when I do, that is the one I'm happy to wait for. Uh, Chef Candice, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it, as I always say, especially on a Friday when it's such a busy time for you in the F&B space. But some really good advice there in terms of us diners and the role we play. But so much comes from the restaurant side, and I'm really glad that you guys are taking it as seriously as you are when it comes to sustainability. Wishing you a great service tonight and a lovely weekend ahead. Chef Candice speaking to us from the Double Tree Hilton there at Jumeirah Beach. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. A unique dinner experience is quite literally setting sail tonight from JA the resort. Tell us more. We've got Nadine Bisha, the CEO and founder of Dinner Storytime, and Amit joining us as well from JA. I am so intrigued by this, Nadine. Um, tell us, you're all about 
immersive dining experiences. What does that actually mean? Can you can you talk us through it? Uh, hi, Helen. Hi. Well, uh, uh, we are actually one of the pioneers in immersive dining. And uh, we created a concept called Dynamation. And basically, it's the mix between dining, entertainment, theatrics, movies, engagement, playing, everything packed together into a fun, uh, different night. I, I need more. I don't understand, Nadine. Tell us a little bit. And, and let, let's use tonight as an example. So someone books dinner and they're hungry. They're looking forward to food. They're going to get a meal. But what else? So they will get a story. They will get a meal. And most importantly is they will be part of that story. They will be part of a theater performance. Um, it starts with them setting, uh, stepping on a boat and then sailing off to the middle of the sea. <laughs> then, okay. Uh, they fall down and uh, they're uh, transformed into a magical world. They're under, there with projection and electronics and gadgets. They are under the sea in the deep ocean. Wow. Um, then they get to actually start um the show by collaboratively uh, playing a drum once okay. they do that the magic happens and uh, an actual bottle comes to life a fairy comes out of the bottle and she um takes them to the future i i mean my mind is absolutely blown by this so it's it, it sounds like it's truly interactive and yes of course you get fed but this is about I guess that sounds like making memories and being completely wowed by everything at every turn. Can you tell us about some of the previous um, experiences that you've been in charge of there, Nadine? Uh, so uh, one of our previous experiences is called Seven Paintings. And it's the story of Leonardo da Vinci coming to life, possessing a table, uh, talking to the Mona Lisa and saying uh, that he has a great idea. What if he gets people to eat art? Everyone then will become artists. So he creates a little chef, puts them on the table, and we start taking the guests through um, a seven-course experience, exploring seven of the greatest paintings of the world. You get to eat at a Picasso, uh, and you scoop off your ceviche with an edible painting. You paint your own salad. You paint uh, a chocolate with Starry Night. You cut into a Campbell soup and uh, and find the steak inside. Uh, you wow. create your own cereal potato. So this is this was our, um, our previous experience, which is actually still currently running. Then we went into the concept of sustainability, the story of our Earth through with Jabal Ali Resorts in um, in a boat experience. Nadine Bashir with us, the CEO and founder of Dinnertime Story, and Amit Alves, the head of F&B at JA Resort. This sounds absolutely fantastical, Amit. Why did you want to collaborate on this experience? Uh, I've been knowing Nadine for quite some time, and we are thinking of putting something together based on sustainability. And uh, when we sat down and we spoke about this, this was the idea which came to us. And uh, this year being announced, the year of sustainability, uh, that was the best idea we could put forward. And that was the thing came up and we thought of this dinner concept called Message in Bottle. Tell us about um, the space it's going to be in, because it's, it's not a restaurant as such. It's, um, it's something a little bit different. Talk, talk us through that. 
So we we took our boat, which is called Suri. We just developed the whole boat. We converted that into a, a dinner space. Uh, we created a whole immersive dining kind of concept um, in inside the boat, where you have when you get into the boat, you feel like you're getting into deep blue sea. You have uh, the water and the sea coral on the side, and the flooring is also feel as if you're walking over the water. And when you sit down on the table, you you get a feeling as if you're inside the water and then the dinner starts. So the whole uh, restaurant, which is the boat, is changed into a immersive kind of concept. So you don't feel you're inside a boat. You feel you're basically inside a sea. Um, let's talk food. I'm curious. What's on the menu and, and how are you guys at JA collaborating when it comes to those ingredients and that sourcing as well? Uh, so the menu is mainly a five-course meal, which is uh, paired by uh, cocktails uh, and mocktails. Uh, we try to source as much as you can from our uh, bio garden, which is where we grow all the herbs, uh, you know, rosemary and basil and tomato and all. So we try to source all the food from there mm-hmm. uh, or herbs from there. And we also use that in a cocktail. The three-course, the five-course meal uh, consists of a starter, which is... Uh, uh, bio garden herb crust parmesan or citrus then we got tiger prawns to follow then we have a ceviche made of tuna and salmon and the sea bass as uh, the final uh, main course and towards the dessert we got a thing called coral reef uh, which is tree of crispy meringue with uh, cookie dough it's amazing oh, it's a bit great. of interaction when you get to that point where you interact with the dessert you play with the stuff in the dessert and then you end up eating the same thing. So it's a whole experience right from the point you come inside the restaurant till the fine, uh, till the time you finish the dessert. I mean, this sounds amazing. And I keep on thinking this sounds like something actually that my kids would really enjoy. Is is it, do you think, family friendly? Are there, you know, would children be welcome? Oh, yeah, children are very welcome. It is actually family friendly. The tables are of four. Uh, so it's basically a mom, dad and two kids. And we can also take a larger family where you have a table of eight, you take a table of two tables. So, yeah, it's a very family friendly. I think the kids will enjoy the whole interaction in terms of the, you know, the drum, uh, the, the animation, the fairy, the bottle. I think it's uh, both for adults and kids both. Sounds I think amazing. It's a, family dinner. Um, a message here from uh, Diptki saying, um, when is it happening and how often is it happening? Which was going to be my final question. So thank you, Dipti. So as I said, it's starting tonight. Is that right? Serene there at JA. And how often is it going to be uh, treating people to this immersive dining experience? Yeah, so we do that two times a week. We do it on Friday and Saturday. Uh, this experience starts at 6.30 where you'll be picked up from uh, the reception at the beach hotel at the J the resort. From there, you'll be taken through a buggy to the boat, and then you'll be on the upper deck. And the dinner experience starts uh, once you reach the middle of the sea at 7:30. Uh, by the time you finish about 8:30, in total, it's about two and a half hours of experience. So you starts around 6:30, and by the time you come back, it's around nine o'clock. So it's two and a half hours in total. And I'm guessing because it's because it's a boat, um, because there's only twice a week, this is going to fill up fast. What's the best way of booking this, Emmet? Uh, so the best would be to call us on our reservation line through the hotel, and uh, or drop us an email to uh, to our reservation restaurant reservation team, and they can get back to you with all the details in terms of how 
the whole experiences and the booking confirmation. Well, have an amazing night tonight. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Congratulations to you, Nadine, and the whole team there. Uh, message in a bottle, setting sail at JA The Resort as part of Dinner Time Story. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's Eat Well live well. Now we love introducing you to the tastemakers, the chefs, the trendsetters and the guests in my studio right now, perfectly summarising it. If you've ever heard of gun bay nights, you're ahead of me. I have never heard this concept before but we are going to be learning all about that with Nana. Uh, Nana's joining us. He is uh, Nana Lachaire. She's joining us as host, master consultancy, owner and creative catalyst. Nana Sashaya with us today and Chang Sipchin with us, the CEO of 1004 Gourmet, one of, I think, the go-to for all of your foodie groceries and so much more. You've been in the UA how long now, Chang? Um, 31 years this 31 year. It's crazy. Years. And Nana, seven years very soon? Seven years on the 29th of March. Well, it's great to have you with us. I... I've got so many questions. I don't really know where to start. <laughs> Nana, let's start with the obvious. What is a gun bay night? And am I saying it right? Yeah, gun bay night. So Ew. basically, gun bay night is a platform of events where we bring together amazing talents from Far East Asia to come and collaborate with some of the top venues and top chefs here in Dubai. Ooh. Is this a new thing or has this got a bit of a historical value in other countries? Pretty new, actually. Yeah, so this is edition number three. Okay. So the first two were very different than this one, but with uh, what we're bringing to the table this time around, I think it's going to be very, very exciting. What does gunbei mean? <laughs> so uh, in Korean, when you say gunbei, uh, technically it means empty glass, but oh. when you're with your friends, um, you say gunbei to make a toast to the good life. Oh, I love that. Exactly. So, Chang, what's your involvement in this? So, uh, Nana and I have been working on this uh, for quite a bit, actually. We met, I think, last summer, and um, we came up with this idea of, again, bringing in the talent and collaborating with local talents here. And we felt like um, we wanted to bring something different to the city. We wanted to create a, a different experience for people to have and also for them to experience the the, the amazing stuff that's being made in other countries as well. So without having, you know, them having to travel to, let's say, Taiwan or Korea, they can experience that in Dubai. And it's one night only. Yep. We cannot stress this enough. It's, <laughs> it's going to fly because you've already got such an amazing community here, Chang, through all of the work that you've done and Nightlife Nana for you as well. So I would imagine probably a few tables already gone. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening. Um, so... I basically want you to make me hungry. Chang, <laughs> come on, let's talk food. Well, the amazing team at Belcanto um, have provided us with the space and the team. And, and Chef Fabrizio has created this amazing um, five-course tasting menu. It's going to be uh, Italian-inspired, but he will be using amazing Korean and Japanese ingredients supplied by 1004, of course. How do, okay, this is fusion on a next level. Yeah, you know. Italian, Italian, Korean. Italian, Italian dishes made with Korean and Japanese products, yeah. How so, interesting. Okay, um, so he must relish that challenge, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully the, the ingredients are up to par to, I'm his, sure, I'm sure. <laughs> to his standards. Did so. he get to come shopping with you then? Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time to, to organize this event, but um, yeah, we, we sent him a couple of samples and I think he's happy with them. Can you tell us what's on the menu? Yeah, of course. Um, the first dish will be a Japanese sea bream carpaccio with a uh, mustard leaf salad. Um, 
And again, these are all Italian dishes that he's making. Um, and then the second dish will be a uh, Hokkaido Japanese scallops. And the third dish will be the Japanese eggplant parmigiana, Ooh, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And then the, la- uh, the, the main will be the uh, risotto made with uh, Japanese maitake mushrooms. So it's like this really fragrant, I think, um, king of the hen mushrooms, I think it's called. And then the dessert will be a Korean strawberry primavera. And um, yeah, I'm going to post a picture later later oh today, but it looks delicious. Yeah. None of you got to do Have you done any tastings yet? <laughs> no, oh, I've no. not had a chance Where to jump in. Where are the perks in? of the job? <laughs> okay, let's talk vibes as well, because it's not just about the food. What else are you planning for uh, the 21st of March? It's coming up very fast. Well, it's uh, I think for us with Ganbei, the people that we've been able to attract to the event, they're all really, really talented people in so many different industries, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's the hospitality industry itself. Great individuals who are normally just way too busy. <laughs> but the fact that they choose Gunbei to come and let their hair down a little bit, eat some good food, meet some good people is a very, very big compliment for us. What about music? And yeah, you're going to be doing some pairings on the night as well. Absolutely. Think it's going to go a late one? Yeah, good. It's definitely got that potential for sure. Music-wise, we're looking at some new disco. We're looking at some nice upbeat music, and the yeah, we're we're looking at some really really good. Hopefully, vibes. the music will also whet your appetite. Well, yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, are we going to get some Italian Korean pop? I don't know. <laughs> let's let's get two well, DJs going. Canadian Korean pop. Canadian yeah, Korean pop with it. some Ghanaian <laughs> thrown in there as well. We are joined this afternoon, Nan and Chang, with them in the studio. Um, Gunbei is happening next week, and as I said, it is one night only. It's going to be at Dubai Opera, March 21st, 8 o'clock. Is it too late, or are still a few tables available, No, we, we got, we got, we are yeah. allocating quite a few seats. Okay. So um, I think we're halfway there. Yeah, yeah we're, we're yeah. very close. But Living on a prayer. Okay, yeah. brilliant. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Nana Sashao is with us, the owner and creative catalyst at Hostmasters Consultancy. And we've got Chang Shipton with us. He's the owner of 1004 Gourmet, uh, which begs the question, gentlemen, who, you know I was going to ask you this, Chang, <laughs> who is your dream dinner party companion? We're just having this kind of conversation, but I think for me, Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. that'd be fun. And then you'd be just like, entertain me yeah. while you sit and eat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, Imagine I, if he's quiet the whole meal. Okay, well, the thing is, it's, it's the thing with comedians, it's like, could it be tears of a clown? Do you know what I mean? And would it be like a super depressing one? Nana, I've heard that a couple of times, yeah. yeah. What about you, Nana? Michael Jordan. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I wish I could make these come true. Um, <laughs> we were asking everyone to get in touch and say, what are you, where are you going this weekend? Planning to have Korean street food at Roll and Bubble. I don't know this place. Chang, do you? Roll and Bubble? Yeah. Don't want to Never Google it. No, oh, Mike. No. See, this is why I love asking wow. people. Um, apart from your place. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, we've seen a lot of big explosion of, of Korean uh, culture, TV, movies, mm-hmm. music, beauty, and of course, food as well. Yeah. Um, where do you think it's going to go? Where, I mean, do you think, it, think things have peaked here in Dubai or keeping Definitely things? Definitely not. I think it's just Good. the beginning. Um, I'm hearing a lot of noise about uh, people opening up Korean barbecue spots and stuff. So yeah, I think there's definitely an appetite for it in the, in the city. Uh, it is in Karama. You need to go. You need to get yourself down. Roll and bubble in Karama. Roll and bubble. Ah, wow. See, okay. once, yeah, cool. once you have goodbye nights out and done after the yeah. 21st, you're, you're free to go. <laughs> um, Nana, what brought you to the UAE seven years ago? I came to work at a pretty popular restaurant here called West Lodge. 
So I was uh, transplanted. A Canadian here. connection. Absolutely. Yeah. So I came here, and like everyone, I'll be here for one year. I'll uh, head back home and then maybe do something different. But the city just kind of caught hold. There were so many cool opportunities that kept coming up. I was entering competitions, meeting so many cool people from around the world. And next thing I knew was, well, 2023. <laughs> Did you have any preconceptions about what Dubai was going to be like on the food front before you came here? I really didn't know what to expect. I thought definitely a lot of Middle Eastern cuisine. I thought it would be a bit, I didn't think it'd be as advanced as mm -hmm. I, I figured it might be, but I didn't think it would be advanced in the culinary scene. But when I got here, it was very good. Yeah. And it definitely changed my perception whenever I go back home, with all due respect to all my friends back home. Mm -hmm. When I come here, some of the chefs and the trends that are happening are so high level. And that's what I didn't really think would happen on such a quick scale. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, I've been working here for 16 years and I think, you know, certainly the last, well, five's hard to say, Chan, because we've obviously had the COVID curveball in there. But mm -hmm. what I've really noticed, and you're a really big part of this, um, is that community coming together of, you know, chefs collaborating. You know, I remember back in the day, we like, oh, you know, I don't tell anyone who my suppliers are. Yeah. It, people were super secretive about it. And now it's much more collaborative. And we look at some of the recent examples of chefs coming together for Turkey and Syria and doing, you know, nine chefs in one, you know, in one night coasting. And it's just been, I think, really wonderful, to be honest. Well, first of all, shout out to Tarek for organizing that event. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, and he did it in a very short period of time. Yeah. And um, he's a busy guy and for him to do that. Again, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and again, in terms of the, the industry, I think um, it, it was a bit premature up until maybe like 10, 10 years ago. Um, but now I think people are starting to realize that transparency is is progressive mm -hmm. and it will help the industry. Mm -hmm. And by working together and sharing knowledge is, is beneficial for everyone. So lastly, there are still a few tables left for next Tuesday night. I'd come, but I've got a paddle court booked and I, I can't afford to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be there at Belcanto at uh, Dubai Opera. Um, you mentioned the food. It sounds absolutely incredible. Drinks are going to be there as well. You're going to have some music too. What kind of crowd are you expecting? Well, again, you know, we want uh, all of our friends to, to come, not just people in, in our food community, but people that, that are just interested in having a different experience, mm -hmm. interested in, let's say, you know, people that have lived in Hong Kong, for example, you know, I have a friend who who's, who's who grew up there and she was super excited to see the old man come in, you know, so yeah, just it's going to be an eclectic mix of just very, very cool people in, in, in the city. No, no, is this going to be... A Another another one, and then there's going to be another one, and another one, and another one. What are you working on? I can tell by the look in your eye, you're not a man who rests. No, I, I do not, exactly. These bags are... I didn't uh, mean the bags, I meant the determination. <laughs> getting me in trouble. I'll go to bed early tonight, guys. <laughs> but you're working on more. Working on much more. So, Gunmay Nights, I mean, Chang and I, we, you know, we love each other. We're, we're brothers. We want to keep on doing as many of these events as we can. We are in partnership with a really, really great brand, and I think that they want to see much, much more coming. So Really exciting, guys. Lovely to have you in the studio, getting us excited about this coming Tuesday night. If you want details, you can just send me the word out, and I will send you the link so you can get that booked. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Nana Chang, absolute pleasure to see you both today. Have a wonderful weekend, although I suspect you're probably working very hard getting ready for Tuesday, but it sounds like it's going to be absolutely worth it. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. 
we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day today. Through what else, of course? It's food. Oh, my goodness. So, the I, to my mind, love Irish food. This is because I grew up with it. Uh, soda bread called Cannon. Um, can we put shepherd's pie in there as well? Definitely Irish stew in our household. What about cooking it yourself? We're bringing in the experts now. Karen D'Souza joining us from Spinney's. She's there at Deputy Content Editor at Nourish Magazine, the website and more. Um, Karen, you've, you're celebrating all things Emerald Isle in the latest issue. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you doing? I'm good. Half my my Irish half is happy today. <laughs> so I'm sure. <laughs> except I'm worried that you're going to make me hungry. Um, we were talking with with Tiffany from uh, from the, from the team um, a few weeks ago about spices, and I'm not going to lie, Ireland didn't come to mind when we were talking spices. We were talking Zanzibar and shopping and souks. But maybe I'm wrong, because apparently there are some spice history in Ireland. Tell us more. Yeah, actually, we were quite surprised as well when we were doing research for this uh, current edition. And uh, the research actually took us to uh, Viking history, and they had established trade ties with the Far East. And that is how many of the spices that are used in Irish cuisine, um, such as caraway seeds, coriander seeds, um, nutmeg, ginger, cinnamon, they all actually came from the Far East. Um, so yeah, so they've been they've been present in Irish cuisine for a few centuries. So how are we going to use them? Please, 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 tell me you've got a soda bread recipe because this is the yes, thing that my yeah. mum is most proud of. So yes, we, we have we do have a soda bread recipe. Um, I think we would be missing out on an important element of Irish cuisine if uh, we didn't have one in the issue. There'd be protests, Karen. There'd be storming yes. of Spinney's branches <laughs> demanding recipes. No, but it is such an, it's, it's such a kind of integral part. I think a real kind of nostalgia um, for anyone who grew up in Ireland or, or for me who has Irish relatives. My mum prides herself on her soda bread to the point when a few years ago, pre-COVID, there was the village fair. My parents live in like a very kind of small rural um, village in uh, northeast England and the fair I mean when I say small their village has a pub and a post box but there, there is a village fair where people come together and there's dog shows and people showing off you know the giant marrows and then people also displaying their baked goods so my mum throws a hat into the ring for the Irish soda bread and gets first place her prize a pound coin and she's still got her she's got it she's got it on the fridge she's got her winning rosette <laughs> from the award-winning soda bread so no one can take that away from Babs I wouldn't dare to even try and uh, take her on for this title but maybe this recipe is it is it one for entry-level bakers or do you need to have yes. some some uh, green in your blood um so soda bread is actually quite easy, especially if you are intimidated um, about baking bread that has yeast, because this recipe doesn't have any sort of like proofing time. Um, you don't need to uh, knead it a lot like a normal uh, bread dough. Um, so it doesn't need to be smooth. You just about incorporate everything until it's uh, um, like very loosely combined and you pop it in, into the oven. So... Um, there's nothing to be intimidated about. Uh, it's super easy. Um, it does have caraway seeds in it, which sort of gives it a lovely fragrance. Um, and we've also topped it. Uh, I mean, you can top it with um, some Irish cheddar and uh, caraway seeds as well, which gives it a lovely little crunch. I love that. Um, bit, of a, bit, of a, bit of a twist on it. And, and can I just say, we are obviously 
serving it with lots and lots and lots of butter, right? Yes, of okay, course, good. of course. So warm bread with <sighs> butter. Not, I mean, you can't beat yeah. that, right? No, you can't. What about, um, I guess, kind of not just serving, but maybe storing and things like that? Is there anything you recommend there? Could it be frozen, do you think, or not? Um, I'm not actually sure. I think, yes, you can freeze bread, but, um, I mean, you, you can't, and you can't take it out and leave it then in, like, in, um, in the fridge, mm-hmm. uh, to get soggy. So take it out of the freezer, slice it, put it back in, and then you can toast it. Um, but this recipe can also be made into sort of individual little buns, um, which would be great, which will go great with soup. Um, and then a good tip for uh, after you're done baking is um, to just knock on the bottom. And if it sounds hollow, that's a good indication that it's done. And it, it should also feel quite light. Okay. Challenge accepted. And maybe I'll turn my hand to this this weekend, Karen. Um, what else? Send us a picture when, when, you, when you do <clears throat> do it. I'll, I'll tag you. tag you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we making? Because there's some beautiful, beautiful produce you've got in spinnies from all over the world. Um, but you've also, I mean... I understand you've got some Irish crisps. Now, potatoes, it's a very easy yes, connection. Of what, 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 yeah, Kios, tell us about those and, and how you can, I guess, maybe elevate them because you've got some good ideas there in Nourish. Yeah, so, I mean, Kios is one of my favorite brand of crisps. Um, I can eat two packets by myself. Yeah. I, do, I do feel quite ill afterwards for being so greedy, but <laughs> I mean, it. crisps are crisps. Um, so we, I mean, they're so popular in Ireland, right? And there's so many various flavors. So we decided to play around with this. And Spinney's has some lovely organic Irish salmon as well. Uh, so we brought the two together and we've made a crust um, which goes on top of the, on top of the fish. Um, and, the, and the crisps, we mix uh, crushed crisps with uh, a mixture of mustard, dill, lemon zest, and butter. And that goes in the top, and you shove it into the oven, and then you get a lovely baked uh, fish with uh, this delicious crisp, uh, crispy crunch um, crust on top. Oh, I love um, that. Because I yeah, do... it sounds, I mean, it's absolutely delicious. Oh, no, that, this sounds very me. Like, one of the few dishes I'm, I'm quite kind of proud to serve people. I do a really nice um, salmon with a panko crust. So the Japanese nice. breadcrumbs, so maybe yeah, some Irish yeah. crisps could next level. Taking the next level. Yes, and, and I mean, we've used um, uh, the Kios Irish cheese and onion crisp, but you could use any of their flavors just to sort of like change it up each time. Um, and I forgot to mention that uh, during the brining process, we did add fennel seeds, which also imparts um, like an aniseed sort of flavor. And it's, um, it's quite a, like it's a strong flavor that stands up well to um, a, bold, a bold tasting fish like salmon. Love the sound of that. This is, all, this is all in the magazine. And let's finish with something sweet. It's coming to the end of oh, the afternoon. My... Let's, have some, let's have a delicious dessert now. Um, you mentioned ginger earlier, and I, I didn't even make that connection, but you're absolutely right. Um, this is very much part of um, some of the things we were having growing up. So what are you doing with a bit of ginger and, I hope, some chocolate? Yes, I mean, um, gingerbread and chocolate is like a match made in heaven. Anything ginger and chocolate, I think, is a match made in heaven. So we've made a gingerbread bun cake with a butter chocolate ganache. Mm. Um, and we've used fresh ginger, fresh grated ginger in this recipe. And we've also added ginger ale, which, on, which not only gives the crumb like incredible lightness, but it also adds to the flavor. 
Um, and it's, it's a pretty straightforward recipe. Uh, the only things you should be careful about is creaming the sugar and butter really well for at least eight minutes. Mm. Um, that also adds to the, um, adds to a light, um, the lightness and, uh, like a fluffy, a fluffy, um, crumb uh, once, uh, once the cake is baked. Um, and obviously, I'll always, always avoid overmixing the batter because then you're going to end up with a dense cake. Okay. Um, and that's about it. Um, always nice. grease uh, and flour a bunt tin very generously so that the cake pops out um, properly and doesn't leave any little bits and pieces behind once it's done. Um, and then just so drizzle good. it with uh, butter chocolate ganache and enjoy. Sounds absolutely delicious. Karen, thank you so much. My only complaint, not complaint, my only feedback is there anyone else who grow up eating tato crisps, which are cheese and onion? We need them on the shelves at Spinney's. I'm going to send Tom Harvey a personal message. <laughs> and, and I would like a brought to you by Helen Farmer sign when they do finally come in store. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day to you and the team. Have a lovely, lovely weekend ahead. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.